0: This is GKW, welcome into another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I am Gabe Knight, so from ESPN Milwaukee, along with me, as always, Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm, and of course, Jonathan Hood, Jay Hood, you can catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And I mean, I just... I think that's good advice for anybody. Just make sure you're watching your step. If you're walking up some stairs, like you never want to miss one, especially if you're getting up there in age, like you just don't want to miss one. Like it's, you know, so watch your step, Vince speaking of Vince, that's where (laughs) we have to start because it's still the biggest thing going on in the world of professional wrestling. Everything rocks last week. And, and, we had talked a little bit about it on our regular show last Thursday, and then Vince actually making the decision to step back from the CEO role of WWE, Stephanie, again, taking over on the interim basis. And it just seems everything kind of snowballing a little bit more as we go. Vince decides to put himself, because he's still running creative. He's not the CEO, but he's still in charge of creative at WWE, despite John Lauren I just now being suspended and not, you know, telling him pretty much go away as expected. Hey, who's going to be the fall guy here? It's going to be Johnny Ace. So Vince puts himself on SmackDown and he puts himself on Raw. So let's start there. And in those two appearances, they went about as, for lack of a better term, well, as they could go. But like I, I still didn't understand the point of them, of him showing up, basically saying nothing, getting a reaction from the audience and then going back to his position in the back.
1: Well, completely being defiant. That's what Vince McMahon was going to do because I saw on SmackDown and we were speculating, what would he say, what would he not say? He was out there just for a cup of coffee, just to talk about how we're together as a company, all of that. And then he left. He was just trying to be defiant. And I also thought there was a little something different in his eye, guys. I'm not sure if he thought, okay, this might be the last time I'm on the air. Then he comes around on Monday Night Raw unannounced Nobody knew that he was going to come out just to promote John Cena. This might be his last days of being on TV. I think he's just trying to make the most of it.
2: I mean, to Gabe's point, like when we speculated on Friday, it could have gone a lot worse. Like it could have been him being even more defiant. It could have been him literally calling out the accuser. And then like, even when Monday happened, it's like, wait, we're doing it again. Like I don't see the benefit of it outside of him just trying to, get that pop and saying, yeah, at least these people support me, my people, the fans, the
1: universe.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the only thing is I, 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 by him coming back out on Monday, I'm, I'm thinking they're watching it going, okay, so what's he trying to accomplish? What's he trying to prove with this, that this company can't exist without him? Like, hey, you put on that music, throw on No Chance in Hell, I'll do my Vince Strut down to the ring. And then... People are going to cheer for me. They're always going to cheer me here. You can't do this out without me. Meanwhile, the company evaluation has gone down, oh, $500 million in the last week. So <laughs> like, I, I just didn't understand why he decided to do Monday Night Raw to come out and be like, oh, yeah, John Cena is going to be here next week. It just didn't make any sense to me. The whole thing, him, him, he, when he should be sinking back, because by the way, it seems like there's, it's every day a new lawsuit or a new law firm wants to start investigating WWE for securities violations, things of that nature, everything else surrounding this. Like, it seems like he should be fading to the back, but he continuously wants to push himself out in the front.
1: You know, it's funny that we talk about Vince wanting to put himself out front. If I rolled the clock back and told you guys that, you know, Vince never wanted to be Mr. McMahon, would you believe me? I mean, he had to be talked into it by WWE personnel because he thought, uh, I'm 52 at the time, 52, 53. Nobody wants to see an old man out there. And ultimately, when WCW was bearing down on WWE, they said, Vince, ultimately, you're the hottest heel in the company. you got to be able to wrestle. you got to take on Austin. And actually, McMahon saved his own company for being Mr. McMahon and wrestling. So he'd never really want to be on TV. He didn't mind being a commentator, but he didn't really want to be on TV as a character. And now you can't get him off of television. I just think that he's doing it just because he can. And listen, we have, we have documented his narcissism and his arrogance before. He realizes that his back is against the wall. But as, as we've talked about in previous episodes, guys, I really believe that he'll find a way to survive this. I think Gabe is right, that Laurinaitis is gonna take the fall for this. But when we start to see the stock price, and this is the whole thing, when you affect people that uh, are part of the board of directors or the stock price and it starts to tank, um, then that's a more serious thing that they have to look at. And so we'll see what happens here moving forward.
2: Yeah, especially because like none of it made sense. Like you mentioned the Cena thing. That wasn't like a big announcement. We knew Cena was gonna be on Raw this week. We've known for a few weeks. So oh, they play promos every break. They let us know. They're letting us know John Cena, the greatest wrestler of all time, is coming back to Monday Night Raw. So that's the thing. Like it's one thing if he was the one breaking that story and coming out there, it's like, whoa, that's quite a moment. But it really is just him saying, Hey, look at me, guys, and like, yes, I agree with Hood. I think ultimately that bottom dollar, that bottom line is gonna be. That stock price, those TV networks, that's what's gonna dictate whether or not he survives this. And well, if stock prices are going down, then all of a sudden his chances of surviving this go down as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, and everything has gone down. Like I and, and I don't see this story again because it seems like each and every day a new law firm is coming forward wanting to investigate. Like with that, this story isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Now it's disappeared off the front pages of ESPN.com where it was a week ago and the news cycle moves so fast. You have so many other things going on maybe to the casual observer. Oh yeah, this, this is starting to fade away a little bit, but it's only beginning because the people that really are ultimately going to make the decision, whether or not Vince is sticking around as Jay hood mentioned are the ones who have the money. And if they are losing the money, like that's the only way Vince is going to get, you know, pushed out and, the story I saw was $500,000 a half a bit, excuse me, $500 million, a half a billion dollars is what the company valuation has gone down in the past week because of all of this and the uncertainty surrounding it. Now it is still so new. And depending upon what these investigations find, maybe that can bounce back, but at least in the early goings, it does not look good. And again, he's Vince, he's going to survive because that's what he does. But when this initially hit, I thought there was zero chance. And that's what I said, zero chance. I'm I'm starting with him deciding to step back. I upped it to about 5%. I'm, I'm starting to climb a little bit more. The more and more negative news that comes out about this in terms of him not being the CEO going forward.
1: Okay, so uh, for context, let's go back to the steroid scandal of WWE. Because I had to go back and research this and hear from the horse's mouth, Bruce Pritchard. So Bruce Pritchard said on his podcast that when the WWE went through their, their steroid scandal, there was questions on who's going to run the company. If Vince goes to prison for the steroid scandal, who's going to take over? And they thought, well, it's going to be Jeff Jarrett's dad, Jerry Jarrett, who ran Memphis, Memphis uh, Wrestling and also was working in the front office of the WWE. Would it be him? Would it be, you know, Linda McMahon? Who would it be? Well, ultimately, it was Linda that was named in, in Vince's spot. And ultimately it was still Vince running the company. They were just moving the names around. So that way it would seem like, well, Vince is going through this whole thing with steroids. If he goes to prison, it's gonna be, actually we're going through the same situation. So Stephanie McMahon is the quote unquote, right now CEO and head of the WWE, but not really because Vince is still going to his office. He still has his secretary. He's still running creative. So uh, again, it's all smoke and mirrors, guys. Even though Vince is, uh, again, through the press and through the WWE, he's stepping back. He's still doing everything he was doing before the scandal took place. So just like the steroid scandal where it's gonna be Linda running the company or Jerry Jarrett running the company, it's still Vince. And it always will be Vince until the day he dies.
2: Well, to that point, that's why I'm surprised the creative part, like I'm surprised he didn't take the PR points and step back and say, hey, I'm stepping away from everything. And honestly, you know, it's Pritchard running creative, but we know it's Vince ultimately writing those scripts. Like, why not get those PR points? Why not say, hey, I'm just taking it very serious, but instead he's gonna show up on TV multiple times. Like, I expect him on TV tomorrow night to say what, who knows, but I expect him to be
1: there just for another moment. <laughs> you know what, Gabe let me let me tell you something. There's we always criticize the WWE as far as do no new ideas. You know why? Because nothing really changes in that front office. <laughs> so with Laura Knight is really stepping away from this, you know who's the head of, of uh, talent relations? Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> so I mean, as as if Bruce doesn't have much, uh, have nothing to do. He's running Raw. He's running uh-huh. SmackDown Creative, and now he's the head of talent relations. In a, on an interim basis. So it's not like they could have... You don't think they could have brought in someone new to run out relations, someone else? So who You know, Vince is away because of this scandal. Who should run it? Let me think. Stephanie. It, it's Nothing changes. So you wonder yeah. how the, the WWE is so stagnant. It's because the same faces that you've seen around the company for 30-plus years. I mean, this really is uh, like a television show. It really is.
0: <laughs> so, and then maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself. And I think we had this in our news and notes that was supposed to be at the, at the end of the show. But do we think that triple H so the story comes out today that triple H is seen down at the performance center and, you know, more or less, Oh, people are starting to think, you know, he's back and maybe he's going to be running things at NXT. Do we think triple H showing up at the performance center has anything to do with everything
2: else going on with the company? I mean, the timing is there, but I just still think with Vince there, like he's not just suddenly going to give him back NXT or suddenly let him take over. Like, I think in Vince's eyes, Triple H is a failure. He lost the Wednesday Night Wars. He let AEW beat him. So Vince is ultimately going to decide who the next person is. Whether he's pushed out or not, I think he decides who's next. And I don't see that being Hunter.
1: I I thought that news was interesting, Gabe. I thought that was interesting. And boy, this is a longer podcast for us to talk about regarding triple h because i mean i enjoyed the hell out of nxt before AEW was around i mean i was locked in every week because it was kind of like here's sports entertainment over here but here's the pro wrestling over here the black and gold brand and those takeovers man they had maybe one bad takeover no bad takeovers in the triple h regime after he left okay toward the end maybe maybe there's one the raquel gonzalez era that's what it, that, That's what I had a question to mark about. Let's put it that way. Uh, but the rest of it, man, they, they were great. It was great because it was pro wrestling. And uh, Broitz is right. Uh, Vince punished Triple H by saying, well, you didn't beat AEW, so we're going to take this away from me while you're sick. Because I needed you to beat AEW, and they did not. And that's a longer form podcast of why that was the case. But, man, I uh, Triple H being back, I'm glad that at least he's upright and well enough to be able to help NXT. Should he be the head of the WWE? Yes, I do think so. Not sure if that's ever going to happen. Well, a
0: lot going on with that. I'm sure it's going to be a storyline we continue to discuss as, again, we find out more in what these investigations bring. And who knows? I mean, again, Vince is probably going to put himself on television six more times before this (laughs) thing finally comes to a head. So we'll have plenty of things to talk about in the world of Vince McMahon. and and stumbling down the stairs. We were talking about
2: people.
1: Wait, so, like, hey, hold on a second. You can't win money in the bank if you can't even go up and down stairs.
2: Hey, you, where there's a will, there's a way. Vince will figure it out. Don't you worry.
1: I mean, We saw this on Raw, right? I mean, that guy needed a guardrail to help him down. I mean, he got in the <laughs> ring trying to get out of the gate. I mean, it's, a, it's been a meme all week of him flying through the air all the way to the floor because he couldn't navigate the stairs. I mean, he's 77, but my God, man. It was hilarious i mean no i shouldn't i mean people falling it's like
0: there's there is a tv show based completely on people falling and getting hit in the groin shout out to america's funniest home videos like that's all that is completely based on and it's funny it's just objectively funny so sorry but vince falling it's just objectively funny
1: now, uh, now i know what you do with your sundays at 6 p.m. <laughs> <laughs>
0: used to love used to love that show as a kid absolutely loved it shout out to bob saget too um so we we move on because there are other things to talk about in the world of professional wrestling like what has happened on these wrestling programs we're going to do it with a thing we'd like to do on gkw called the three counts the other top three stories in the world of professional wrestling brian what do we have at number one
2: Well, Friday night, SmackDown started with Vince, but it ended with the return of Brock Lesnar for the first time since WrestleMania. We now know at SummerSlam, it'll be Roman versus Brock in a last man standing match. So guys, Roman versus Brock again says what about the WWE? They don't know what they're doing. Um, I mean, first of all, it
0: says the injuries that they have incurred are really kind of changing their plans, you know? So they do the riddle match on SmackDown it seemed like they were maybe building also something towards Randy Orton with his injury. Obviously he's got to take a back seat. It would appear that they're saving Drew McIntyre for the show that they're doing in the UK for that stadium show. So they needed something big for this stadium show of SummerSlam. Like they had big aspirations of doing three straight stadium shows. Well, now it's only two because they had to move money in the bank to just being a, a regular arena inside Las Vegas. So they needed some big match to sell it. And when you have not, built anybody up other than Cody Rhodes and then he gets hurt and then you go, okay, well, Randy Orton, he's a really big star. People know who he is. And then he gets hurt. Like you, you're really out of options. Plus, If, you know, everybody was talking about Vince going into SmackDown and then wrestling fans are talking about, oh, Brock Lesnar's back. It was, you know, so it served two two things. It was, one, it's going to help you with SummerSlam and sell tickets for that because Brock Lesnar is a bona fide star. And two, it's a new shiny thing returning to SmackDown that is supposed to distract from everything else that happened going into SmackDown on Friday.
1: I've compiled a list. I have a
0: list. Is it longer than the list of questions you had for Jeff Cobb last week?
1: Not as long. No, not as long. (laughs) Okay. Um, But I do have a list. And again, I want to make sure I say this first. If you are a promoter, Tony Khan, if you're Court Bauer, if you are Vince McMahon, it doesn't matter. You can build the stars that you want. I will never believe that in wrestling. Well, you know, we just don't have enough stars. We don't have enough guys trying to grab the brass ring. That's bullshit, and it has been for a long time. Let's put that out there first. You can make whomever you'd like to be the world heavyweight champion if you have the right build, if you have the fans buy in, and put them in the right programs to get to the top. Roman Reigns is the best thing in wrestling right now. He is their their heavyweight champion. Why is it that in, in this top ten I have written in front of me, why can't we have at SummerSlam Seth Rollins against Roman Reigns. How come we can't have Montez Ford built up? Because you know that guy's going to be a single star. When you're in a tag team, somebody's got to be Marty Jannetty. And right now, that's and that's Dawkins. Sorry. I mean, somebody's got to be Robert Gibson. And that's Dawkins. And that's not Montez Ford. And so Montez Ford is going to be a single star. Everyone sees it. Riddle should not have been on SmackDown. That should be on a major pay-per-view if you build him up. Orton's hurt for the rest of the year. Why can't Riddle be in that spot? Whether he wins or loses, I'm not concerned about that. I'm just talking about a good match on a major pay-per-view. Drew McIntyre, you said that they're saving him. I mean, how about Drew McIntyre win the championship in front of fans for once and not during the pandemic? How, what about Big E when he's healthy? When he's healthy, why can't that be the main event? Why can't Lashley be in that scenario against Roman Reigns? Why can't Finn Balor, or AJ Styles, guys that can wrestle their ass off, why can't they be in a world title matchup? How come, how come Damian Priest is not built up to be coming out of that faction to eventually be in a world title matchup? And I'll throw in a couple of names to Ilya Dragunov. I'm going to give a shout out to him because I think he's fantastic for NXT UK. He had some great matches with Gunter. I also wrote, uh, wrote Gunter down at some point to compete for the championship and Robert Roode. Why can't these guys that can go, that can wrestle, why can't they be in a scenario to take on Roman Reigns? It could, uh, it could be a scenario where Roman Reigns makes those guys or, or elevates them in a win. But the point is, though, is that new, fresh, that's what we want as wrestling fans. The idea that they go right back to the Lesnar bucket again is insulting to wrestling fans. It's insulting. Uh, to have... To have Brock Lesnar who we all enjoy Brock Lesnar because we've seen the best Brock Lesnar to date a guy that is good on the mic now a guy that is showing more of his personality the guy as a baby face has been awesome but to roll him out there again is insulting to the audience no
2: see, to your point sorry Gabe like you said to the insulting the wrestling fans they don't care they're booking for sports entertainment fans so to them Here's big beefy Brock. Here's big beefy Roman. Let them, you know, collide in the ring in a last man standing match. That's all they care about.
1: For the tenth time, though, You're so you're just gonna throw. You're not. You're not gonna give the audience anything new. So you're gonna roll no. the same match out there. Like what? What is? I'll ask you. I'll ask you guys this. What is it that we're gonna see new from these two? What's, last what man. else can they do? It's last man
0: standing. <laughs> it's actually gonna be longer than three minutes in the main event of WrestleMania. It's gonna be six minutes this time.
2: We're going to see F5s. We're going to see Superman punches. Like, it's only thing they know how to book. Like, I looked up today. So, in this decade, so two and a half years. I know it's a shorter decade. There have been 16 world title reigns That's the WWE title. Brock or Roman, half of them. Half of these 16. They have won the title eight times in this decade. There's only been eight other champions. Like, that's all they know how to book. And still has his style. He still has his guys. That's why we don't see an AJ. We don't see a Finn. Hell, I would throw an Xavier Woods up there, like just to get that moment, try and elevate him a little bit. Even that intrigued, like, wait, is this going to be his moment? Is he going to complete the two-day trifecta? They don't do anything like that. But that's the problem.
0: In order for one of those guys to get elevated, it has to be like absolutely shoved down Vince's throat by the fans revolting. I mean, you think about it, well, first of all, I feel bad for Riddle because they could have even they could have built something off of Riddle losing. And Michael Cole even said, you know, he came in here. Like Michael Cole was putting him over on commentary despite the loss. And then they immediately bring out Brock. And then what does what does Riddle do on Monday night? Loses to Omas. Like, okay, right. so all right. So I guess we can forget Matt, you know, Riddle's gonna be pushing for anything anytime soon because now they're gonna they're gonna sweep him under the rug a little bit. But you think about Kofi Kingston, you think about Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan when he was in WWE and, and the title reigns that they had. I think even Big E to the, to to a certain extent. I feel like people were talking for so damn long about Big E and how big of a star he was. Oh, and and the 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 oh, he's not serious enough. You know, that was always the negative feedback you would always hear, But, you know, he's just too goofy, he's all these things and Well, don't well, don't book him that way. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because because he showed that he can do both. Like he has shown that big issue that he could do both. It's, it, it is, it, it's just frustrating because yes, yeah, Seth Rollins. I, I, I don't know why they're keeping him away from Roman Reigns after they had a tremendous, by the way, ended in DQ match right. from the Royal rumble. It seemed like they were building to, for, for more there, but instead they go right back to Brock. And does anybody believe Brock's actually going to win at SummerSlam? Cause I don't.
1: I can't see him stand out for 10 seconds for a last man standing. Can you? I don't see Roman going out that way. Well, they already burned their finish on that.
2: Like they did the KO one where they did the handcuff thing and he couldn't get up. Like that would be the way you sort of finish that. But yeah, I don't think it's Brock that wins, but I wouldn't put it past them. Well, you do something where he wins just one of the belts.
1: I I don't want to make I don't want to make this. This is not an anti-Roman rant on my part because I understand that Roman is having a Hogan-like run. And this is what Vince wants. I got no problem with that. They've made him a part-time champion. It's funny. They've made Roman rock in a lot of ways now because he's gone away for a while. So this is nothing against Roman Reigns because I think his character, his development has been fantastic. It's the closest thing to his character, his actual real self Mm -hmm. that we've seen. So I love that. But just the idea that you're going to roll back the same guys, it's just so WWE. It's just just bring back guys that are part-time wrestlers and the hell with all the rest of the talent you have in the back. I mean, if I'm, if I'm a wrestler there, I'm thinking, can I move up in the car? Like, I'm good with my money. I get generational wealth. But can I be able to make a difference in this company by doing something? Guess not. No, you can't. And to your point about Roman,
2: like, as great as he is, when you have this, you know, sort of creative bankruptcy that they have right now, it takes away from him. Like, his title rank could be even better if he was knocking off everyone in the company. He can say he's knocked everyone off, but he's just knocked off the five guys they put at the top. If we were getting different challengers, I think it adds to his reign as well. Was I the only one disappointed when
0: it is – because clearly somebody's music was going to hit at the end of SmackDown on Friday night, right? Because Roman standing there – Roman, I thought, cut a pretty good promo of, hey, two years ago I showed up. I said I was going to wreck everyone and leave. There's no one left. Who could it be? You know, so like – you you know someone's coming out because of the way he's he's structuring it, but I thought he delivered it fantastically. So I'm I'm actually racking my brain I'm like, oh my goodness, they're actually going to build something for Roman. Who's it going to be? And then you hear the beginning of Brock Lesnar's music, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, dude, they'll, the, they'll, they'll, do, they'll do some pull apart things, and it'll look good for the promo package that they play before SummerSlam. But I, I've just seen it enough. Like, give it. You can go back to Brock and Roman whenever, literally whenever. Like these yeah. two are those big of stars. I mean, they're the only two big stars that you've, you've bothered to build over the last eight months. So, like you can go back to it any time. Why not take the opportunity to try to actually build something more with Riddle or, or like
2: it just it's. It's so frustrating. But they don't even take the time to build the match. Like, they come out, they have the stare down, you have the F5, and they just announce on social, hey, they're main eventing SummerSlam. Not even the, like, hey, it makes no sense that Brock gets a rematch. Like, he lost in the middle of the ring at Mania. He doesn't deserve a rematch. You do something where he chases it and he somehow gets them to agree to the match. Oh, no, yeah, this is happening. Like,
1: why? Well, I I just, it would not surprise me because I'm not sure if the Rock is going to be healthy enough uh, to wrestle Roman at WrestleMania, it wouldn't have surprised me if these two wrestle again at WrestleMania because they just don't have any imagination and they don't care about what we think anyway. I mean, it, nope. you, Vince could come out there for his thirty seconds and you know tell us that John Cena is coming even though we've saw that on social media. Uh, he could come out there and talk about being together, but you really d- couldn't care less about what we think. All, listen, all I want is just fresh matches. I don't need AEW where you're trying to give me a five-star match every, every five seconds. I'm not asking for that. I'm asking for for the WWE because they are, they are apt to give you storytelling more so than AEW. I just want a good story to believe that someone along the line can beat Roman Reigns. They don't have to get over. I just want them to be able to wrestle. I want to see Roman against other opponents besides this jacked-up cowboy farmer
0: good point good <laughs> pop. i don't think anybody can top that so let's go ahead and move on to number two so in the speaking, three counts
2: speaking of aew this sunday night aew new japan will put on a forbidden door from j hood to a town chicago so guys does forbidden door benefit aew or new japan more it's it's super obvious, and
0: first of all, I'm pretty sure Jay Hood only thinks there's one A town, and it's Chicago. Everything else, That's not like not true. That's not true. For those
1: of you watching on ESPN, Los Angeles, you're in an A town. New York, you're in A town. Madison, Milwaukee, well, West Palm, Miami, yeah, not bad. Uh, but but I th- I think we know what an A town and B town is because we will get into it a little bit. But my friend Gabe Nitzel went to Milwaukee at the Panther Arena. B town, excuse me, B town, <laughs> for the uh, for the dynamite what? show. So yeah, what? so the crowd was hot for
0: Silas Young last night. <laughs> okay, that's, that's how you know it's an A town. If you get excited for Silas, you get oh a, if the crowd gosh. gets a "Let's go Silas" chant going, that's how you know you're an A town. <laughs> you're paying attention to the little things, the nitty gritty details.
1: <laughs> or I the guys get, from I,
0: Milwaukee. What are I gotta
1: two? get I gotta get your thoughts uh, a little bit about uh, the three biggest pops. Cause I wrote them down in Milwaukee. But um, so so let's talk about this, guys. I want to ask you guys about this because, okay, so as we have somewhat criticized, AW's put everything in the on the back burner, right? I mean, so the highest thing in, in AEW AW right now, at least one of them is MJF. The whole promo he cut in Los Angeles, and then that's just gone away because of the forbidden door. All AEW storylines have put have been put on the back door because of this New Japan thing. And I guess for us, we do know about a lot of these New Japan wrestlers, but be, and from what I can understand, New Japan seems to be down a little bit. And I think because they're still going through the COVID protocols, Everything I read from Dave Meltzer and other places is that they don't have the full attendance anymore. They can only have certain uh capacity of uh, uh certain crowd capacity. Also they told the fans not to not to cheer because they don't want to omit whatever that from COVID-19. So they can't cheer as much. So so New Japan's been down. As much as we love Okada and and Will Ospreay and Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr and these guys, I mean I think this does a lot more for New Japan and their business than AEW because after Forbidden Door, what happens? Are we going to see these guys in, in, on, on Rampages and Dynamites? No, it's just a one-off. And I just think this springboards New Japan who's been down for the last couple of years because of COVID more so than AEW.
0: Well, and New Japan has been trying to get a stronger foothold, I would say, in the States. And this allows them to do that. They're, they're partnering with the second biggest wrestling company in the United States. And they're putting out a big pay-per-view that a lot of people are going to buy, even though the build has been so-so. The, the pay-per-view, the, the building sold out without a match being announced for it. Like, people are excited to actually watch this. And I think last night's build helped because Okada did show up. Um, and you did see some of those bigger names in, in new Japan pro wrestling show up, but it's going to, yeah. Cause I mean, I, I don't understand what AEW is getting out of this. Are they, I mean, are there going to be a bunch of people from, in, you know, international markets who are new Japan pro wrestling fans first being more exposed to AEW now that they're going to be AEW fans? I mean, we know AEW wants to get a foothold into international countries because that's why that was the reason that Satnam Singh. Was was brought out on on their television programming because they want to get you know a, a bigger following in India. So is this part of their plan to become more of an international brand? I I, I don't it, I don't see it with just one pay per view, but it, it to me clearly this this is New Japan Pro Wrestling because they've been trying to get in. They've had a show that's been on uh, Access, you know, and and this has been giving them more exposure to a more mainstream type of audience in professional wrestling in the states
2: yeah i think the thing with aew is interesting like they have sacrificed numbers in terms of dynamite like we've seen it we've seen the numbers be a little bit down it seemed like nine hundred thousand was sort of that average which was a good number and the last two weeks have been below that and i think part of that is because of how inside it's been we've talked about as much as we followed pro wrestling there are guys that come out and we're like who is that like who did jericho just mention? like Sunday night's a good wrestling show. It's a good indie show. Like, you look at it, like, okay, like, it'll be a fun wrestling show. It does nothing for AEW storyline-wise. So the only thing I can guess is maybe one day they're trying to go to Japan and sell out some seats there and say, hey, you remember these guys. You saw them at this. I agree. This is an awesome opportunity for New Japan in the U.S. When they were at their peak in the U.S., it was because fans recognized names. Like, I remember waking up to watch the Wrestle Kingdom because Chris Jericho was on the card. I wanted to see Jericho and Kenny. And then, you know, you see the Bucks and you see some of these other guys. So now you lost all those guys so they can see someone else. So it definitely benefits them more. The build has been okay. I mean, there's been guys that still, like, I go out there and I'm like, I don't know who they are. like, And that hurts from a wrestling standpoint.
0: So, do you think the inverse is then true that they're hoping people from Japan are going to watch this at a strange hour in their country because they recognize the young bucks. They recognize Kenny Omega. They recognize John Moxley from their time wrestling in some yeah. of the bigger events for New Japan Pro
2: Wrestling, but we haven't seen that bump. Like I think probably part of them thought they might have gotten that bump in the buildup. And like, I think part of them even felt it even more so. And obviously, injuries hurt. Like not having a punk is going to hurt. The Bucks just sort of being thrown on like we saw last night. I think that hurts. But I even mean, Kenny being out hurts. But I think losing stuff like that is not a good thing for them.
1: I would agree. Um, Punk and Danielson off the top of the list. With those right. two not being part of this, because I know Danielson wanted it badly. You could see him yeah. at the Open of Dynamite. He really wanted to be part of it because this is all he's ever wanted. Even in the WWE, he wanted to wrestle a Japanese style, and now he's got a concussion again. or, or And he's not going to be part of Blood and Guts either. So... It's the risk that you take when you get veteran wrestlers, by the way. These are big stars from the WWE TV. Yeah, but they're banged up and brittle yeah. and wrestle 200 days a year versus wrestling once a week, if that. And so this is the problem that Tony Khan has, you know, when you have CM Punk, you know, not wrestling for seven years, seven to eight years, and then wrestling once a week or every other week. Now he's he's brittle too right now. He's um, injured. So, I, I, you know, Gabe, obviously I'll be there to be able to see this but I feel like it's less than in some ways. I I guess the best part of it for me is that I'll see Okada live for the first time and Tanahashi for the first time. live because I've never seen them in person. And so I'm good with that, but I, I just feel bad for the, the diehard AEW fan that looks at this and says, well, you know, I'm really into my AEW wrestlers. Who are these people infiltrating this company? Like everything's been put on hold for almost six weeks or like, was that too much like four to six weeks yeah I'd say, yeah, yeah four, four or five probably yeah yeah so that, i think that i think that's the issue for it i and for new japan and gabe you're right they've been wanting new japan should have had tv in america years and years and years ago i don't under when the when the business was down in the early 90s or when it's bad after wcw closed i don't know why new japan couldn't get a tv deal here because i would have been eating that up and watching that every week because i know that action was great but now we see Tanahashi, and you saw him out there on Dynamite. I don't know; didn't look great. He looked, he looked older. I, he did not look maybe because of the tag tag match. He didn't look great. And it was oh, great to see Okada out there and some of his other guys. But but guys, ultimately, um, because of so many injuries, and then because of the politics between New Japan and AAA, we don't even get a chance to see some of our other heroes nice. on on uh, on from AEW on this show. So it's okay. It, once this in the ring, it's fine. But we're missing a lot of star talent. Well, yeah, that's I mean,
2: so, sorry, go ahead, Gabe.
0: Oh well, because Andrade didn't Andrade just do an interview? He said that the original plans were for him versus Osprey. Which oh, boy, that would have been and and look even after seeing the exchange that Orange Cassidy and and Osprey had in their six man tag last night, like that was fun and and it makes me excited to watch that match. But Andrade Osprey yeah that would have been that would have been good that would have been so much fun
2: yeah and like to your guys point about the build like the fact that we didn't have okada until last night like three days before four days before the pay-per-view like that's interesting and also with osprey like we've seen him the last few days so if you're a fan that's heard the name osprey and maybe seen his stuff a little bit you've gotten to watch him on tv for free what three times already like there's no push say, oh I have to order the pay-per-view you had him and Cassidy in the ring last night like that's an interesting decision and again people are going to order it's going to be a fun match fun night there's only four like single matches like just one-on-one there's a lot of guys in there there's going to be a lot of flipping and things like that but the build has been sort of lackluster injuries you can't control that and Okada I guess you know schedule was sort of his thing but it hurts not to have
1: him building it up also so, Gabe, let me ask you at the Panther Arena, from the, uh, where you were sitting, and just the vibe from the fans. Was there confusion from the fans on who was coming down the ramp? For as far as New Japan wrestlers, what what was the vibe like when there's all these New Japan guys with the AEW guys?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly some confusion, I think, but I I don't know how it looked on TV, and I thought it was weird that they decided to do the Tanahashi Moxley like stare down, like in there's just oh. this, this there's this chaos going on all around <laughs> them, some of which Moxley's involved with, by the way, yeah. because blood and guts is a week away. And he's electing to just stand there and stare down Tanahashi instead. I thought so I, I think there was multiple confusion, like because Moxley's just a brawler. Like the character that he has built on TV, like dude just wants to fight. So you're telling me he's gonna pass on the opportunity to fight just to stare down this new Japan pro wrestling legend that he has a match with for the interim AEW championship. No, my guess is Moxley, the character that you've built is going to go have Eddie's back. He's going to have his boys back and he's, he's, he's going to get involved with the brawl because he's John Moxley. He's a brawler. That's what he does. So I think there was confusion, not only between like, okay, trying to keep track of who is all out there, but also why are those two just standing there?
1: That was so, there was a timing issue with that show. Because they were not supposed to stand there face to face for five minutes. It's kind of like these two are standing there, you know, in front of one another. I'm not even sure if Tanahashi even understands what Moxley's saying. You know, I'm American. I don't understand what Moxley's saying, and so, so that, like, so they're back and forth. And then you got you got hell around the ring and up the ramp as they closed out the show. And it's just like I think there was a major timing issue there because I don't think they were supposed to stand there and talk for five minutes because it's Moxley. has a short fuse. He's supposed to go out and. I just think that that was a mess at the end. That was just a whole mess to me.
0: By the way, if you're watching tomorrow night on Rampage, they're going to do another uh, locker room clearing brawl. That's how, that's how Rampage ends, by the way.
1: Are we doing spoilers, by the way? <laughs> do we do spoilers? I don't know. Game apparently Gabe does. Okay. I wasn't sure. I don't I don't know the rules for that. I don't know if we do spoilers or not. Okay. It, it, it Actually, it doesn't matter. It's all go-home shows anyway. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But right. being
0: being there was a lot of fun. I'll say, I say that. And I kind of went in just knowing with the build that at some point I would probably be confused with somebody who came out and look, I'm sure you were probably confused at times, unless you know the ins and outs of new Japan pro wrestling, because AEW has done a poor job of explaining why some of these guys are big. Like there was a big pop for Okada. Like Okada is a big enough known name that when he came out, I think people got excited. Now I'm, I'm still confused about the build for that match because Jay white wasn't going to give a one-on-one and now he's in a fatal four way. Okay. All right, I guess. So again, mm-hmm. lack of build toward the pay-per-view is that match. Yeah, that match is going to be so much fun because you got four guys that are yeah. you know going to be able to go. So that, 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 that's going to be fun. But I, I just went in with the mentality of I'm going to be confused at some point and I'm going to enjoy the show. And with especially with no commentators explaining everything, you just enjoy what's in the ring. And the best thing about AEW is their in-ring product.
2: Well, Zach Saber Jr. is that example. He cut the promo calling out Brian in New Japan. We haven't heard about that in AEW. Brian mentions him, and then Saber just comes out last night. And, like, that needs a lot of explaining. But That's the first time we saw him. So, as a wrestling fan, you've heard the name. You've seen the name. You're expecting a great match. But if you're just a casual fan, you have no idea who he is and what to expect from him on Sunday.
1: Well, and another miss by AEW because Zach Saber Jr. goes face-to-face with Danielson, and Saber doesn't speak. He's a great yeah. promo. I mean, you have to plant the seed of nothing else that says, Yeah, you got a bad head, you got a head injury. But you know what? You and I are gonna hook it up another at another time. You know, I know this is a dream match for everybody, but you know what? When you're healthy, we're gonna have a go. And he didn't say anything. Another miss by AW. You 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 cannot assume, Tony Khan, that everybody knows about everything in pro wrestling to every to to, to, to the smallest granular detail. And so I, I just feel bad because um, I, I think that ultimately, guys, it's up to storytelling versus matches. I'm just I'm just telling this, I'm saying this now, so when we roll this back in five years, if the AEW's got problems, this is the moment where we talk about it. It's storytelling, WWE, and whether whether or not you think the storytelling of the WWE is bad or not, at least there's a story there, versus d- dream matches and five-star matches. You know, Christian's promo actually made some sense. It wasn't great. But the the part that he made sense about is, what about the matches that people will always remember? I mean, every week you're getting matches that you'll always remember. And then you forget about it because you got another week. And you got another five-star match on Dynamite. And then another five-star match the following week. So just remember, like, storytelling versus matches. What lasts longer? Storytelling. That matters.
0: And going back to Danielson, I thought he did a good job – like, he's the only one I think that's done a good job of, like, he he put Sabre over, explained why he really was excited for the match, explained, well, I wish, especially because I was there and I, I really wanted whoever this mystery person was going to be to come out. That would have been cool. Um, but But Danielson did a good job of, hey, this is why I want this match. I'm bummed because I can't be there, but don't worry. This is going to be a technical wrestling match. I've got someone else who's also a great technical wrestler. You're gonna absolutely love him. Like he he went out there and did the best he could of explaining why this is a match that you want to watch on the card.
2: Well, yeah. Speaking of Danielson, we can get to him. Final part of the three count here. Last night he does announce that he is not available for Forbidden Door or Blood and Guts next week. He does give a little bit of a hint of who might be replacing him
1: person I trust to take my
2: place at Blood and Guts, the one person I know in the entire world who will take it to Zack Sabre Jr. from a technical level and then go and kick Chris Jericho's head in
1: at Blood and Guts. I have found that one person and you are all
2: going to be astounded by what he does in AEW. So, guys, who will Brian's replacement be on Sunday and then next Wednesday?
0: I mean, it's only one answer, right? Like, there's only one answer here, correct? Like, every, is everybody on the same? Well, but you think there's two. You think it's a possibility of two. We
2: had three names. I saw three names on social. I have two. So,
0: so the but one of them, so Johnny Gargano, or Gargano, mm-hmm. excuse me, shot down the rumor, but it's prefer, professional wrestling, so you can never, you know, he's going to be in Chicago. We know that.
2: Johnny Wrestling's going to be in Chicago. We know he's there for a signing earlier in the day on Sunday. He said it's a coincidence. He also acknowledges that no one believes him when he says that. So at least that's there. At least he's (laughs) self-aware. Right. So,
0: So that just leads me to believe it has to be Cesaro.
1: So Claudio Castagnoli, Cesaro, or Jonathan Gresham.
2: Yeah, that's the other name. Those are the three names I've seen. Like, Gresham doesn't do it for me. Like I want I mean, it to be Cesaro.
1: I think. Well, I think it, the odds are it will be Cesaro. But I. But Gresham is, is the dark horse in this because technical wrestler. I mean, he sure. might not be flashy enough for the common sports fan, but uh, wrestling fan. But I think that, uh, you know, that's a Danielson type of guy. I mean, just a wrestler's wrestler. And so, but I think odds are it's going to be Claudio Castagnoli
0: i mean because it makes sense right he has that technical ability plus i mean because of his strength he can be physical that would fit in with the Bull combat club which by the way has really cooled down because of in, a lot because of the danielson injury some because wheeler Yuta was off wrestling in new japan pro wrestling and then danielson was out so moxley's just on his own it, it the build to New Japan, hopefully they can have a bounce back after this and, and really build something after Blood and Guts, but Blackpool Combat Club, in terms of something being really cool, is also kind of taking a back seat for this build towards Forbidden Door. But, I mean, Cesaro is just the only one that makes sense to me. Now, if we were talking just from, like, a pure violence perspective, from a BCC perspective, like, I would have – my imagination would could have run maybe a little more wild, and Bray Wyatt could have been thrown into that mix, but Bray Wyatt's Ooh. not a technician <laughs> – Ooh. He's not that technician that Danielson was teasing at last night.
2: I mean, the other one, if he's going to throw out those terms, is there enough duct tape to hold Regal together for a
1: week? No. <laughs> no, no. No. I wish. I wish he was 10 years younger. Oh, I wish. He'd be so awesome out there. Oh, it'd be so great. I mean, Sabre can protect
2: not- him and he can hide in blood and
1: guts. I feel like you can find a way. That, never mind about. Uh, Never mind about Rick Flair's last match. That would be William Regal's last match. That is for sure. Uh, I think it, you know, only the only uh, the darkest of dark horses, I'm just telling you, and I'm, I'm thinking it's Cassius Ohno. I think there's a possibility of Cassius mm. Ohno coming out there. I actually don't. No. Now- <laughs> <He wasn't> gonna- <laughs> actually,
2: no. Pretend I didn't actually say that. I did see he's going to be in Chicago. He's working out with the Warrior Wrestling. I think he's going to yes. be there. I yes. mean – the other one that makes sense storyline wise, like Yuta has a match on Sunday. He's not part of Blood and Gut, so they find a way to make that a thing.
0: Um, I mean if if I mean Yuta should be in Blood again again. That's right. that's where that's where letting your guys do these other things like wrestling New Japan. It kind of has broken up the continuity of cool things that you had going on within your own company. You could have told a really good story with the Blackpool combat club and then Eddie and, you know, maybe somebody, you know, either Santana Ortiz suffers an injury, but I mean, you, you have enough guys now that Brian Danielson actually has an injury, but you've teased this guy and he's apparently going to be in blood and guts as well. So I doubt Wheeler. I mean, maybe Wheeler gets involved anyway. It's just, it's a shame the way that's kind of falling apart.
1: So, Vikram, uh, who is a, a P1 to this show uh, and watches and listens a lot, gives us the breaking news. And I see this as well from Denise Salcedo from uh, Fightful. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling announced that Ishii suffered a left knee injury and will not be able to compete at Forbidden Door on June 26th. Uh, that's from fightful.com. That's available right now. So, Salcedo uh, puts that out there uh, moments ago. And, Vikram, thank you very much for the heads up. So, Again, the injury bug has been huge in wrestling across the board, and now Ishii will not be available on Sunday. So he was
2: supposed to be part of that foray for the All-Atlantic title. It's Pac, Miro, it was supposed to be him, and then Malachi Black. So I don't know if they replace him with another New Japan route, if that's what they go, but I don't think you can have two AEW-only matches on Forbidden Door, right? Because they have the women's match also with Thunder Rosa and Tony. So I feel like you have to put a New Japan participant in that match. Do you? Because, like, I... I- one of those other three is the guy that's going to win it anyway.
0: So well, yeah, I, I mean, I i don't know if you have to throw in somebody because it seems like the other big names you've done such a poor job of building this anyway. And the big names that people already recognize are doing other things. So you're just going to throw in a random well, New Japan Pro I, Wrestling guy that people aren't really familiar with? Or are you going to pick somebody from a from a different match and throw him throw him? I I, I don't know how you handle this.
2: I saw on Twitter today, uh, Kushida tweeted a uh, knock knock forbidden door, to which Daniel Garcia replied, and Kushida said, no wrong door. So maybe it's <laughs> a place to get him in. <laughs> can
1: we just get past Sunday so we can get back to MJF? <laughs> Hon- honest to God, man, just like th- again, this is something Vince would never do. And sure. there, I mean, so so he did it with ECW because he was helping ECW financially. So he brought a couple of those ECW guys in for a couple of Raws. Uh, it was a lark with the NWA thing. It was like because they were desperate for talent, brought Jeff Jarrett in as champion or whatever it was. But man, this whole thing—can okay, we just can't past Sunday so we can get back to the AEW World Title pitcher. Whoever's going to win this interim championship, whether it is uh, whether it is uh, Moxley or uh, Tanahashi, just let's just let's get back to AEW business. I mean, that when well, on Wednesdays I want to see AEW. Right. I mean, sure. new Japan's got their issues and then we'll be following along, but let's get past these, these so-called dream matches on Sunday. So we can get back to business.
2: I will say I'm intrigued by the politics of how they split the night in terms of results. Like, I think there's a few obvious ones we could shoot and say, okay, new Japan's winning here. AEW is winning there, but how they sort of balance that I'm sort of intrigued by on Sunday.
0: I'm actually really, the, the one I'm most intrigued by is the tag team triple threat because you have two championships on the line so like, there's one promotion, either AEW, yeah. I guess slash ROH, since those are the tag titles that are on the line, or New Japan. They're going to be losing their tag team titles to somebody else. So that that's really interesting because, again, I'm I'm assuming Jay White retains. I'm assuming John Moxley becomes the champ. I'm assuming uh, Osprey, Osprey is still going to be the IWGP U.S. champ. Like it just. Th- th- Things with championships, it's easy to figure out. But that one, I can't figure out because you have
2: actually two champions that
0: are entering and both putting their titles on the line.
2: I mean, I guess with that one, though, like FTR goes over. They go over on Repugnant Vice. I feel like that's the only reason those guys are in the match, to take the fall. And then we set up Bucks, FTR 3. You throw in the AEW titles as well, and then somehow you get a rematch with uh, Cobb and O'Con.
1: Too many titles right now. There's a million titles on this show. Way too many too many titles. Um. So, uh, so you would rather see Moxley against Punk rather than uh, Punk against Tanahashi? You know, Punk wants a uh, he wants his shot at a New Japan wrestler too. I mean, oh, for yeah. him, this would have been big also. So, mm-hmm. which one would you rather see? I mean, which which one's a dream match?
0: Uh, I mean, the dream match is Tanahashi Punk, but uh, but I, honestly, after seeing Tanahashi move last night, I don't know how much of a dream match it is anymore. Because Punk doesn't move that. I mean, and and Punk has gotten better as the rust has worn off. But, I mean, he's older. He doesn't move. I mean, I don't know very many 42-year-olds that move like they were when they were 33, 34. Like, that, you know, the, even, even if he hasn't been wrestling, like age catches up to you because he was still doing UFC fighting. Even, You know, so it, these things catch up to you as you continue to get older. So, yes, Punk and, and Tanahashi certainly would be a dream match. But additionally, I can't imagine that he's going to be sticking around and showing up on AEW television that frequently. And then we would have three major four major shows a week with zero champions showing up. And I can't imagine that that's good for the wrestling landscape
2: at all. 100% agree. Like there's a reason they're having an interim champions because they want their world champion on TV. There's no way Tanahashi's sticking around and on Dynamite every week. Like we still don't know when Punk's coming back. So this person has to hold the belt for what? Another month, two months? Like when
1: are we going to see Punk? That's a good question. I have no idea when that foot's going to get healthy, uh, but I mean, the interim champion will be able to hold it down. But while this is happening, and we say this all the time: if there's an injury, you have a chance to build up your contenders, put them in really good matches, and and then you'll be able to have your four, five, six wrestlers that could seriously vibe for a championship, and you can look at them as serious contenders for the championship. So um, so Gabe Neitzel, tell Broitz and everybody about your experience at AEW uh, Dynamite in Milwaukee. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated because um, the, the pops, the number one pop I heard was FTR. When that music hit, uh, and, and Meltzer make it seem like it was just that the, they pop for the music and not the wrestlers, that's not true. They do they no. pop for the wrestlers. Um, but tell us about the experience because that FTR thing was a roar at the Panther Arena last night.
0: Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, and FTR has just gotten themselves over again with the matches that they've put on. And I think the fans have really just kind of clung to them. If you're an AEW fan, you it's it's hard not to watching these guys put in the work that they do each and every week and how good they've been as a tag team. So that was certainly um, the loudest pop of the nights. I mean, obviously, as I mentioned before, people were going crazy for Silas because he's a Milwaukee guy, which didn't make sense. You have the Milwaukee guy (laughs) going up against, you know, like the the heel, but he's from Milwaukee. So he's getting the cheers. You have him go up against hangman Adam Page, which didn't make a ton of sense, but it was still a fun match to watch. Um, If you have not been to an AEW event, they are so much fun, but it is a long night and the action's great, you know? So whenever you're at an event, especially a TV event, you kind of lose some of the texture without the announcers. I feel being at a pay-per-view event, like it's really the matches and what happens as the result of the match are really the important. And then if somebody happens to pop out, you know, as, as a surprise or comes out as the next challenger, like pay-per-view events, you, you can kind of get by with just the action of the ring as we've talked about, but a TV show, you need that context. And when you're there, you don't get that context provided. So, you know, you just kind of go in with the attitude of I'm going to enjoy the action in the ring. And AEW delivered that in spades last night. The The six man tag they had at the beginning was a fantastic match. Uh, the women's match that they had with uh, Shafir and, and Tony storm was pretty good. Um, you know, main event tag match was a lot of fun because people got behind that with, uh, with Tanahashi and Moxley teaming up. Okada coming out was, was a big pop because that's actually one name that you recognize. It was in person. I've got a feeling it was more enjoyable than watching on television just because, again, you're, you're going to be lost. And it's frustrating because you have someone there that is supposed to help you, guide you through the two hours that aren't really helping you, guide you through the two hours and who some of these people are that are showing up.
1: You know, I really also like about the Milwaukee crowd is the the reaction to the Christian Cage promo. We've been waiting for this turn for like two years seemingly and finally it happened. And so that, pro, so, so Cage doesn't have many solo promos over the last few years, right? And he finally gets the opportunity to speak. He looks like a 1970s spy hero uh, with that outfit he had on yesterday with the brown boots and the jacket to match. And so he's out there with Tony Schiavone and I thought it was fine um uh, it it i think it was a little rough in spots but obviously the cheapest of cheap heat is is him going after jungle boy's dad Yeah, that was that was the cheapest of cheap heat right there i mean just low rent heat talking about his dad dying yep
2: and i think he could have done the same promo without that like the mom stuff like that would have still worked without mentioning the obvious like hey your dad's dead like yeah i agree like definitely cheap heat there
1: well and and the but crowd, Milwaukee hated... was, but Milwaukee was pissed about it, though.
0: Pissed. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, because he also he, it, it probably rambled for just a little too long. Like he went after the early cheap heat of insult the town, insult right. the intelligence of the people in that town. The way j Hood does, you know, each and every week with every town that's not Chicago. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> but like he just he just kind of hung on that for maybe a little too long. And then it just, it needed editing. Like to me, that promo just needed to be a little bit more concise and then it would have really hit because the points that he hit on, again, I think storyline wise made sense. It just needed to be brought in just a little bit more.
1: Yeah. yeah, Like, uh, yeah. Hook is in the back. Like I got to sit back here and watch his bullshit. How come I'm not out there? (laughs) Like this guy's on for 10 minutes and he's like, what about me? Well, Nightingale's like, how come I'm not out there? Seriously. It's like. You know, and, and I understand you're trying to get it over, but the key was what happens to uh, Luchasaurus. He, he, yeah, that's he, not he, a I mean, place Luch- I expected it to go. Yeah, like, like you remember what happened to Marco. What do you why? Why take a shot at Marco being cut <laughs> by the company? What does that mean? What does that mean? What did you think of that, Gabe, when you heard that?
0: <sighs> if they turn Luchasaurus heel, like nobody wants to boo Luchasaurus, right? Like he's just a he is, he is a tremendous hot tag Like when he comes in People love the moves that he pulls off As the hot tag Like I, I just don't see him Especially as the character that he is He doesn't talk a lot Like So I can't imagine just being aligned with Christian Obviously would make you a heel The way that if you align yourself With Paul Heyman in WWE You don't have to really say anything Everybody knows you're going to be a heel Because you're associated with Paul Heyman So I don't know if that's what they would try to pull off in AEW but he doesn't talk a lot. So he's not going to do a lot of healers things. And like, nobody wants to boo him. I, I don't understand. Hopefully. I mean, again, they, he was going to hear him out. What happens after that? Cause he, he, you know, Christian gave the awkward hug and Luchasaurus just kind of let the arms hang there as, as Christian hugged him, but he still followed him to the back and went into the bad guy tunnel, which was pointed out multiple times last night. Well, first by Brian Danielson and then Christian cage, you know, kind of ushering, Luchasaurus into the bad guy tunnel. So I really hope they don't follow through with that one, but maybe it makes more sense to really build up the, uh, the adversity for jungle boy when he makes his triumphant return and really starts to build towards his single run.
1: All right. Time for a match of the week here on good karma wrestling.
0: So my match of the week, I go to Monday night raw and while Again, we, we talked about some of the stories WWE is telling. I really enjoy the story they're telling with Becky Lynch. And I think she's doing a great job with it. And the way that her main event match started on Monday night with Asuka, like the, de- the desperation behind it, like I thought that was just great storytelling. She's attacking Asuka right away and she's being aggressive in the match. And ultimately that cost her the match and the opportunity – at this point to go on to money in the bank i really enjoy the story that they were telling and those two in the ring with just that little bit of different twist because we've seen these two in the ring plenty of times together but kind of with that desperate becky twist that became my match
2: of the week
1: bro it's, I, I already
2: feel the hate coming from you guys i'm going to the indies going, <laughs> oh, <I have laughs> a, no, no no no
1: i i have an indie too
2: Oh, okay. Uh
1: huh. We might have the same one. Let's let's I'm, hear it.
2: I'm going to GCW. Will Osprey versus 16 year old Nick Wayne.
1: What a yes! match? All right. Yes, yes. <laughs> I sent you the match, Gabe. I know. Okay. You're busy you Because the nuptials coming up, and and of course, uh, AEW wrestling. I sent you the match. Yes, Man. So good. Let me tell you something. It's it's hard. Okay, Nick Wayne is 16 and a half years old but doesn't wrestle like a 16-and-a-half-year-old. His dad passed away. He was a veteran wrestler. He's been wrestling in Defy in Portland, in the Portland area, and he's on this GCW card against Will Ospreay. He's got a a lot already. I know this is crazy, Gabe. I know that you think Broach is crazy when he says it, but I'm telling you. Okay. He, All right, uh, so I can but, believe it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he, he's got a catalog of great wrestling matches before he's even 18. At 16 and a half, he's got a catalog? Dude, his match he's got, like, five or six matches I've seen that have been unbelievable. He's already, he's going to be wrestling with uh, AEW at some point when he's 18. Yeah, he's
2: he's signed already. He said they have to finish school. This is the first time I've actually seen him wrestle, but, like, that match and everything, even post-match with Osprey saying, like, you know, you sort of look like me and asking Nick Wayne's mom in the crowd if she ever had a thing with Osprey's dad. Like it was just <laughs> everything is so great from that match.
1: <laughs> no, I Gabe, and it, we'll put this out there on social media as well at uh, G GKW underscore wrestling. That's our Twitter. We want to put that out there for you to see. Gabe, I want you to give us a thumbs up or thumbs down on this match. I, I just texted it to you but it's so funny for once bro it's not on the same page the best match <laughs> was from game changer it's unbelievable
2: wow when i saw it i always think I'm like oh man i'm gonna mention gcw and get my head ripped off i'm glad we're on the same page on this one <laughs>
1: um, um i know, what other- I, know you th- I know you think it's crazy but I, I you say well he's 16 how could he be when you see him you're gonna say how come he's not on the mainstream yet yeah you'll see a game and like and and it's it's kind of like what you see in AEW, but then turned up, the volume turned up to 10 or 11. Do you agree with that, bro? It's oh, yeah. kind of like yeah, that. It's GCW,
2: yeah, because GCW. So, like, the crowd is on top of the ring. Like, I, some of the GCW stuff is odd. You don't watch it all, but, like, that was a lot of fun. And I think it speaks to GCW that Osprey said he's the one that wanted it. He wanted to go there and work that match. And at this point, I mean, Osprey can have a four-star match with a broomstick, but that one was a lot of fun.
0: Well, we will get to see him wrestle uh, Orange Cassidy coming up this weekend. (laughs) It is Forbidden Door. We will get to move beyond it, but we'll have a lot of things to talk about. We've got Forbidden Door to talk about. Who knows if Vince shows up on TV and then AEW will finally get back to their regularly scheduled programming and be able to build the feuds that they were building and had before they decided they needed to do Forbidden Doors. So plenty of professional wrestling things to keep an eye on throughout the course of the week. Plenty of professional wrestling things to talk about next week, right here on GKW.